Welcome to Vice Casting Couch, Season 1, Episode 30. I'm Ryan, and joining me is John. And I'm just going to get into the first uh, story that I have here. This one, our much-touted app, Signal, is no longer supporting SMS. So if you're using Signal as a daily driver, it will no longer work. Eventually, I don't know if it's rolled out yet, they didn't have a date in here, but um, it just says sometime in the future. But yeah, Signal will no longer support SMS, so that means normal text for people that don't have Signal will not go through. You'll still be able to see them, I believe, but it uh, you won't be able to reply to it or anything like that. So yeah, it's a uh, sad day. They gave a few reasons for it. One was to ensure better data protection and security for users. They want to kind of uh, hunker down, I guess, or kind of close off any, any sort of uh, vulnerabilities. And then reduce costs for users. Apparently people were complaining that they were being charged uh, for sending out normal SMS through Signal, you know, by their uh, carrier. And then streamline the user experience. They just want to make it easier to know that once you're in the app, everything is encrypted. So I came across this as well on my um, on my Signal app. It already it already uh, locked it out on mine. I know some people it hasn't. I don't know if it's like going by region or what. On mine, it already, I cannot reply by SMS through uh, through Signal. It does allow you to move all of your messages and history to your normal, either a default app or to some other app, it I believe it lets you choose. But yeah, so, or, or no, it uh, it loads it to your their default one and then you can go to any other uh, like third party one and it can, it can pull it from there. But yeah, so you cannot use uh, Signal as your daily driver anymore, which is, um, yeah, I'm, I'm not happy about that, but is what it is, I guess. Man, that, you know, and that's one thing, like, I know you said you use it, but yeah. I kind of agree with what they're saying. Like, I like keeping them separate. That way I know when I'm in Signal, everything's in and in encrypted. And, you know, I know who I'm talking to is secure. Like, I just feel like... So, um, I, I would agree with that, but there there are indicators of, of whether or not it is secure. So, if you if you turn on the, the read indicators, it'll let you know if the other person... Like, if you're able to see the, the two check marks and it, you know, changes color, blah, blah, um, then you know that they, they're also using Signal. Um, so does this, um, not to cut you off, but does this um, affect any of the, what is it, the forks of Signal, like some of the other clients, like Molly? I know Molly's a popular um, FOSS Signal. Um, that I don't know. I'm not sure if they're going to be able to get around that. But if if Signal is saying that they're they're cutting off, you know, that whole um, aspect of the Signal app, I would assume that would affect them. I have not, I haven't tested it on mine because, again, I'm not sure if this is being implemented Signal-wide or if they're doing it region by region, because I know some people that they say they, they're still able to send SMS, whereas I am not. Uh, so I'm not sure exactly how they're rolling this out, but it, it will be interesting to see if this if they're just cutting it off completely. So, um, and if they are, then yeah, I'm assuming that would uh, that would break all the other uh, all the other forks. Oh, okay. I don't know. I, I will uh, I will test it out because I I do enjoy having everything in one, and in my opinion, anyways, I already have too many messenger apps that <laughs> that i talk to different people on because this person doesn't have this and this person doesn't have that so it was nice to at least have all my texts and signal contacts in the same area which was kind of nice but now not so much yeah man it's a sad day sad day another sad thing that happened is the linux kernel or at least the people who develop it are talking about um, removing support for 486 processors so if y'all know 486 is pretty old i want to say it was in the 90s um it came out and it's just an older type of processor um linus torvald and the rest of the developers are talking about how it's increasingly hard to develop for such a niche processor like and it's just taking away time and resources from keeping that still 
compatible, but then, you know, they have to spend extra time and all that on there. So they're saying potentially that Linux kernel 6 will be the last one to support this, and then probably moving on in the future, they're just going to stop supporting it. And this is very similar. They've done this before with the i386. Uh, they stopped support for that back in uh, 2012. They're saying probably this year, maybe next year, they'll stop supporting the i486 processors. I mean, I'm sure there's there's got to be other like flavors of, of uh, Linux that are going to still support it, correct? Uh, well, so this is the Linux kernel, which most Linux op- operating systems are built on. Mm-hmm. Um, it is possible because everything is open source that someone yeah. makes their own. Uh, say, there's going to be someone who's like, oh, hell no, I'm going <laughs> to make a flavor that's going to support it. <laughs> yeah, you know, and it's always possible. That's the great thing about open source is they can just keep, you know, if someone really wants to support something that old, they have, yeah. you know, and if they have the know-how and the code and everything, they can do that, no problem. Yeah. yeah, I just thought that's interesting because one of the things Linux is known for is you can just, they say it's super lightweight and you can put it on old machines and kind of bring it back to life. But yeah. with this, you know, that'll kind of limit which which machines are supported. Like obviously x86-based hardware and stuff like that will still work, but just these older Intel processors that came out um, such a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah, it says it was Makes first sense. introduced in 1989. So if you still have a computer from Oof. 1989, like... <laughs> Maybe you should upgrade <laughs> at least to Opinium or something. Like, yeah, it's a that's, that's pretty far back to to build your your modern OS for. <laughs> Look, trust that. me, I'm as I'm a much of a, a technology hoarder as anyone. So, like, oh, yeah. if you know you got a Z80 or a, a, some kind of Cyrix processor, I'd love to see it running. But why why is that in the IT community? Why are so many IT people hoarders of IT equipment? Like, I have. I have like totes full of stuff that I'll probably never use, but I can't get rid of it. Oh, same. I got like an old <laughs> laptop over here. I think it said it ran 95, Windows 95 on there. Yeah, I mean, we both have like a stack of laptops that like, <laughs> that. I mean, we'll, we'll dink around with them every once in a while. But like, yeah, I mean, people are always like, why don't you just get rid of this stuff? I'm like, no, I might need it one day. If I need that one cable, you know, at some point, I need that Cat 3 cable you know, eventually I'm gonna need it. Not a cat three. I think it just does one. It has some kind of nostalgia purpose to it, but also mm-hmm. like, you know, especially if it's not too old. A lot of times you can repurpose it. Like an old, say, like say you have like an old laptop or old netbook or something. Like we said, we can you can put Linux on there, and you can have like a nice home server that can run some basic stuff. Like if you want to run a Minecraft server, or yeah, that's true. Maybe yeah. some kind of like Plex or some kind of media server like Jellyfin. All kinds of things. You know, you can run Pi-hole in a Docker container, so it can be repurposed, and that's nice because it also reduces like e-waste. Like yeah, that's very true. So I think it varies from person to person, but I just noticed a lot of IT people they like. They hoard it. Like, I still got, like, three cell phones over here from back in the day. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I have every cell phone I've ever owned. <laughs> I still have them in a box. <laughs> I got the old, uh, what was it, the the track phone, like, slide, you know, the, the slide up to get the full QWERTY keyboard. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I still... <laughs> I need to get my hands on a Motorola Razor. Those are the OG. Oh, the old ones? Yeah. So I'll say the new ones don't waste your time. Yeah, didn't um, you make a video about that? I did, yeah. <laughs> yeah i thought that was pretty funny we were going back to flip phones when that first came out well, Although, i guess if you're a drug dealer you know <laughs> give you a little nostalgia <laughs> well no just have, that way you have the burner phone you know? yeah 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 oh no 
don't know. I also just like I like the history involved in some of these computers, especially if they were like um, influential at, from their time. Like, yeah, that's true. If I ever get my hands on one of those classic eight bit computers, like a TRS eighty or a Commodore sixty four, I'll probably hold on to it to the day I die. But um, well, yeah. I mean, if it's something iconic like that, yeah, I, I could definitely see hanging on to that because I mean, even if it's not for the nostalgia and stuff, they're still like worth money as well. Well, man, if um, you want to play some Oregon Trail, like can't beat it. <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty sure that's on, like, Flash games oh, now. Well, man, but the dysentery. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you can just play that on your browser anytime you want. Oh, yeah, probably. <laughs> but can it run Doom? A potato can. <laughs> so, anyway, um, another uh, another sad news, I guess. Uh, Reuters, the world-renowned uh, news outlet, it has been found by Cyber News that three of their servers were breached. And uh, three terabytes or more of sensitive data was found on a Elasticsearch database and is now being uh, sold somewhere, probably. But Reuters did uh, comment on it and said that they don't believe that any pertinent or sensitive information was actually found. Um, They said that two of the servers were designed to be publicly available anyways, and the third was a non-product server meant for application logs. However... Cyber News uh, researchers said that they did find uh, password reset logs, and they also found data that involved uh, tracking people to other websites. So, Actually, like based on cookies, or yeah, just like cookie logs and stuff like that. Just uh, yeah, just tracking people around. Basically, was this Cyber like News, access to a, a database they have, or. Um... How does that work? How do you mean? Like what was actually uh, compromised? Yeah, it just says three servers, but Reuters is saying that the three servers, two of them were publicly available anyways, so they didn't keep any sensitive data on there. And they said that the third one was non-product server, meaning that it wasn't involved um, with like people's accounts and stuff. It was just for like application logs. But the cyber news researchers are saying from what they're seeing being sold, uh, there's a lot more to it than that. So we'll see where that goes. I don't know if this uh, will affect anyone, but um, maybe cyber news researchers are a little overzealous and it's not as bad as it seems. Yeah, I just thought it was interesting that there was two conflicting uh, stories here between Reuters and uh, cyber news researchers. Well, and it's, that's how it always goes with any kind of breach of any kind. seems like they just, a lot of people are bandwagon. They jump on and say it's the worst thing ever. Like back when Twilio was hacked and Signal was involved, oh, yeah, they're true. like, Signal's hacked. Yeah. It's like, well, when you look into it, it was limited in scope. Only maybe like it wasn't even that many people, like less than 50 or something were affected. They were like, yeah, we're not going to say that nobody was affected. But to say that our end-to-end encryption, you know, all that stuff has any problems is not true kind of thing. Yeah, and, and that may be. One one person did mention that even if it wasn't uh, Benjamin uh, Fabry, Faber, the co-founder of uh, Datadome SES, which is a bot protection company, and he did say that even if it wasn't as bad as it looks, he said that obviously threat actors are opportunistic and any data that they get can be used to, can be compiled with other personally identifiable information and that can be used for attacks and stuff like that. So he was saying, even if it's not as bad as all that, it's still bad because it can be uh, compiled with other data that the um, threat actors already have, and that can be used against people. Oh, of course. And um, I don't know if you listen to the Privacy, Security, and OSINT show by Michael Bazell. He talks in from two different aspects. He talks one about being private, but also how he does um, investigations on people. And what he does is he compiles all these breaches 
into a single database and he's able to see like oh this breach had this email address let me look at these other breaches mm-hmm. and he can see like kind of get a history of what people's sites and um get like you said personally identifiable information yeah. and he uses that a lot to say um, i think in one of his recent podcasts he's talking about a lady who was re- involved in revenge porn mm-hmm. and he was able to use these databases to get a pretty good idea of who it was um it's still he's still trying to work it out that way upholds in court but you know just like hey yeah. this email is linked with this linkedin account and this and that and you know i'm kind of like narrows it down so like there's a pretty good idea of who it is and how they can go after them for litigation and what like yeah no that, that, that's very true because yeah a lot of companies will will try to downplay it um like you said before and they'll say oh well they got the emails people's emails but they didn't get any passwords and it's like well okay but if they got the emails for that then like you said they can kind of cross-reference it and then they can just try to brute force other passwords that they found in a different breach or whatever and then eventually they can basically have your whole identity if there's enough breaches that happen. But, no, it's, um, it's still important to talk about. It's just let's make sure, you know, a lot of these websites, like I said, they kind of jump on the story and make it sound like everything's falling apart. But oh, just, very true. I think yeah. that they should be a little more factual in how they talk and stop being a little quick clickbaity, you know? Um, yeah, that's kind of the news nowadays. But um, yeah. <laughs> whatever, whatever gets the most clicks. Like you said, with the Twilio thing with Signal, like as soon as I turned on the news or whatever, not turned on the news, but like was looking up the news like on my phone or whatever, the, all the top headlines were Signal is hacked. They finally got hacked. Like they're compromised. Stop using Signal. It's trash. And then I was like, all right, that seems kind of weird. So, <laughs> and I looked into it and I was like, all right, it doesn't seem as bad as they're saying, but it gets clicked. I mean, it got me to click on it, so... Oh, yeah, I went to work and, you know, because I was a big Signal advocate. I was like, hey, look, let's just use Signal like it's um, open source and and, and encrypted. And everyone's like, yeah, whatever. And but I did convince a few of my coworkers to use it. And then I come in that day and they're like, bro, your app's hacked. And I'm like, what? (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, I look into it. I was like, no, it's not hacked. It's just part of their, you know, process and whatever was slightly affected. But speaking of Twilio, um, they just released this week. That they experienced another brief security incident back in oh. June of 2022. Um, they said it, it was involved in like a they call it phishing, a voice phishing attack mm-hmm. on one of their employees to social engineer them to get access. Mm-hmm. Um, they said it was limited to a small amount of customers, and that the attack was identified and thwarted within 12 hours, and that it alerted affected customers. But he fell for it. Yeah, um, <laughs> they they said they didn't reveal the exact number of customers impacted by this June incident. No. But they are working on it. Seems like they need to do some uh, cyber awareness training. Well, they're talking about how now they're going to try and <laughs> mitigate these attacks in the future by they're distributing these FIDO2 compliant um, hardware security keys to all their employees. Yeah. And then they're going to implement additional layers to control within its VPN and, and conducting mandatory security training for its employees to improve mm-hmm. awareness about social engineering attacks. It's um, probably smart. Twilio <laughs> has attributed this to um, a hacking group tracked by Group IB in, o- o- I don't know how to pronounce it, OKTA. But their names are Octopus, you know, spelled with leak speak. There's like a zero and a K and all this. Mm. And then Scatter Swine. And they say they're part of a, a broader campaign against software, telecom, financial, and education companies. They mentioned that the main thing this affects is, you know, those SMS like things sent for um like verifying who it is yeah two-factor stuff yeah okay well that's the what second time this year that they've been the yeah no it is interesting because um 
you know, because Twilio is used by so many people, like MailChimp, DigitalOcean, Signal, etc. Yeah. Um, and there was an unsuccessful attack on Cloudflare, but Cloudflare has pretty good security. Yeah. It just it's just interesting. Um, it should be talked about because it is used by so many uh, other companies. Their back end and everything. It's just maybe maybe they need to work on their uh, their whole process. Hopefully that mandatory cybersecurity training. <laughs> yeah, Jeff will set them right. <laughs> so I I do think though that a uh, signal will probably come under a lot more attacks in the future because they I mean they have been kind of the standard for or I guess not the standard but the pinnacle for secure messaging and I mean they've been popping up a lot more often people have been talking about them I mean you know Elon Musk touted them as being a, a good alternative to WhatsApp and stuff like that. So more and more people are using it, and the more people that use it, the more they're going to be targeted. So this will probably happen a lot more frequently in the future, if, if I had to guess. Oh, for sure. You know, being as big a big name like that, all kinds of companies are going to be looking at it, like the NSO Group yeah. and all these other people. Like, Yeah, and even if not for a payout, just for the, the challenge of it, because they haven't been fully compromised, as far as I know, yet. Um, whereas, I mean, WhatsApp has... Um, a lot of the other so-called, you know, encrypted or secured messaging apps do have vulnerabilities that have been exploited in the past. Whereas I don't think Signal has any of those that are at least publicly, you know, known right now. Yeah, not to my awareness. Um, if you go to Signal's uh, support, they do talk about the Twilio instance. Yeah. Other than that, they um, they do have a process of reporting security vulnerabilities, but unfortunately, they do not have a, a kind of bounty program set up. I'm saying if I was Signal and had some extra cash, I'd consider a bounty because yeah. it gives more incentive for people to actually report it to the right people instead of selling it to you know governments or private companies that that would exploit it for their own personal gain. Definitely agree. Slightly off topic, but... As we all know, if you're a hobbyist or enthusiast, Raspberry Pi prices have been through the roof ever since um, the whole pandemic situation. Uh, Jeff Gerling, he's a YouTuber who, who loves talking about pies and using them in all kinds of projects. He had a conversation with one of the Raspberry Pi founders, uh, Eben Upton, and they kind of were talking about the whole situation and how that there's still a shortage that they say is temporary, but they have... They are producing 400,000 pie boards a month. It's just the problem is there's such a backlog that they're earmarked for either um, consumer retail sites or to actual biz commercial customers who rely on the pie boards to run their business. So they're just trying to work through it as much as possible. The update is that there is no update and that you know since April, they're just working on trying to send them out as much as possible. They say that they did mention the Broadcom processors that are at the heart of these boards have been difficult to source because of the high demand, yeah. but they're trying to work through it as quickly as possible is kind of what I got from the article. And, uh, well, it's just crazy how um, how expensive a pie is. Like, you know, yeah. they used to be touted as these cheap boards that for like $35, you get something reasonable. Oh, and yeah. At least for a lot of like hobbyists and um, even some school age kids that are trying to get into computing, mm -hmm. they were like the best thing. But now, like, I think I was on just Amazon the other just a moment ago and they're like 169 dollars that's yeah. just for the board if you get the whole kit it's up for 200 you know and i'll be making a video shortly but um there's there's a lot of alternatives especially at that price range like you can get a full x86 like small liter like one liter pc mm -hmm. um that has way more power depending on what your what your use case is 
Yeah, I mean, it is kind of it is kind of sad. Like you said, a lot of people get started on raspberry pies, or it just allows people to not invest a ton of money, especially if they're just learning how to do something. They just buy a raspberry or a couple raspberry pies, and then you just kind of see what works. And if but if they're, if they're that expensive, I mean, that's kind of insane. You could probably get like even a you know a Chromebook or something for that price <laughs> if it's like Black Friday or something like that. Oh yeah, I bought a not too long ago. I'll be making a video on it, but I bought one of those HP Elite Desk, the seven hundred five G four Minis, mm, um, yeah. and it has a, a four core eight thread Ryzen processor, supports up to thirty two gigs of RAM, like Jeez. way better specs than the Pi. Yeah, and it was only like for the price of these kits that include a case and a power supply and all the cables and SD card and stuff. Mm -hmm. I can get this like same thing that's way better. It doesn't have the GPIO pin, so if that's what you're looking for, you might want to get like an Arduino or something, but. You know, if you're going to make a retro pie or, or like a small server, it's, it makes way more sense to get one of these older office PCs. Well, hey, that uh, that stack of laptops is going to come in useful. Exactly. <laughs> hey! The environment. Win for the hoarders. <laughs> <laughs> Slightly off topic again. But something that just kind of caught my eye, I just wanted to get your take on it. I was reading an article. I can't, re I can't remember where it was. Uh, but it mentioned the metaverse and it was talking about the privacy concerns that are that are going to come up uh, with the metaverse supposedly being more implemented in the in the coming years. And um, they were just talking about the, you know, the increase in in like user privacy and stuff like that. Um, there has to be some sort of, you know, very secure regulation on all this data that people are going to be pumping into this thing. Um, but it did say that by. I believe it was like 20 years. They are estimating that the metaverse will be worth $7 trillion. And they're also estimating that stores and such will go uh, fully onto the metaverse. As in like you can go shopping or go to the mall on the metaverse. <laughs> it's just kind of, it kind of struck me as funny. I don't know. I just wanted to, I just wanted to get your take on that. I, I still think the metaverse is gimmicky. I, I do think virtual reality will continue to expand. Yeah. Um, especially, you know, a lot of the gaming aspects of it mm -hmm. will continue to uh, get bigger. But that you're going to shop in a VR headset, I, I guess it could make sense depending on what it is. I could see, like, some kind of augmented reality being useful for, say, uh, furniture shopping. Because then, like, if it's augmented reality, you can be in the same room and then you can kind of see, like, say... I'll just use Ikea as an example. You can see how their couch will fit in your living room, you know? Um, yeah, that's true. Yeah. So maybe in some regard, some shopping will go, but I just I just don't see it happening unless we move to some kind of dystopian. What was that movie? Was it like Ready Player One or whatever? Oh, um, everyone has the, the AR headsets. The yeah, they're all virtual reality, but then that. like this prisoner's trying to fight for his... Uh, is that the movie? I'm trying to remember what it's called. I think you're mixing Ready Player One and Gamer. Is it Gamer? With Gerard Butler? Oh, I have no idea. <laughs> is, is, I think that's the one where they... Maybe I'm getting mixed up. That, <laughs> that's the one where they they take all the prisoners and they have to like fight to the death or whatever. In, like, yeah, and the they can earn reality. their freedom. Yeah, yeah, and then he finds a way to like break out or some spoilers. <laughs> well, it came out in 2009. You yeah, know. I was going to say spoilers on a like 15-year-old game. Um, um, I don't know. I, don't know the, I think it would have to take a big shift to that but on the privacy end i do see it being a very important thing to discuss especially with if these things are being targeted at say children or 
um, other young people? Because I know there's various regulations about what is it the the child the Children Online Privacy Act and a few yeah. other ones. I'd have to see how that gets implemented. These companies are already getting fined for mishandling, you know, data of minors and stuff yeah. like that. I was gonna say we we've already seen that these companies do not give a crap about children online. Um, that is not a priority for them. Um, they are businesses at the end of the day, so making money is their only goal. Um, and staying relevant, I guess, would be uh, secondary. Yeah, there, there's going to have to be either... I would assume it would have to be government regulation, because I, I don't see any of these companies self-regulating to at any point. Because I mean, we, we've already had, like you said, you have the, the COPPA, and uh, I think Europe has their own. But um, Well, Europe has a GDPR, which well, yeah, is very true. good, but... Yeah, um, I've heard that some companies are just like, you know what, we just won't deal with Europe. And they'll just like block you from accessing your website. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that's always an option, too. <laughs> I'm curious to see how Metaverse will uh, play out, especially because there are, is a lot of interest, especially from the big social media platforms. Yeah. But also some of the other companies like, you know, Microsoft's getting involved. And I want to say a few others, um, they're looking into it heavily. I just I'm just a little... I'm just a little skeptical. I don't know how many people will embrace it. Yeah, I think right now, like if, if they were to, well, I mean, they already tried to launch it right now and it didn't, it didn't go super well because they tried to get it, they tried to get it uh, targeted towards like young people, right? They tried to get it targeted towards kids where you could go and you could play, you could meet other people, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then they started targeting it towards businesses where like, oh, you can have a virtual meeting with a little avatar and no one has a torso, so you can't sexually harass anyone. So they tried, like, like targeting that sort of field. And as far as I can tell, both didn't really catch on, um, as far as I know. Like, I, I don't know anyone who uses the metaverse uh, regularly. I, I, I know I've seen videos where people do, and I'm, sh I'm you know, positive that people do. Otherwise, it wouldn't exist. But I, I don't know. I just don't see it. Like, we have online shopping and especially after after uh, uh, COVID, I mean, people were dying to go anywhere. Most people, anyways, were just trying to go out, so they didn't want to stay inside and go on, you know, have a headset or whatever. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I, I just I, I'm kind of of the same uh, same opinion. I just don't see it catching on. At least right now, like I think something huge would have to happen uh, for it to catch on. Like something that has a huge draw more than more than you know what they're saying now. Because, I mean, well, from just the ads, the cost they, to get into it. Um, well, and that, too. Yeah, it's very cost prohibitive. What the uh, the metaverse looks like right now, it doesn't look anything like the ads that they were showing. I haven't seen anything in, you know, 4K or anything like that in the metaverse, depending on your, I guess, your rig. But I just don't see it being as as spectacular as they were letting on. Um, I think they were just hoping that people would use it and like it and then just continue to use it and then they can upgrade in the future but um yeah i don't know i, I don't know it's i don't see it catching on right now but, yeah like i'm on meta meta's website and their quest pro costs fifteen hundred dollars like geez. i'm not gonna buy that I'd rather invest in the graphics card and better processor you know oh yeah i mean yeah <laughs> i could i could use that 10 different ways <laughs> rather than buying a, a headset that i'm probably going to use once or twice and then hate but especially with the online shopping thing, that, that was the kind of thing that, that caught my eye the most. Cause I, cause I was thinking about it and my first thought, I was like, Oh, that'd be kind of cool. You know, you put on your headset or whatever and you, you go shopping. And if, even if there's like haptic feedback or whatever, that'd be kind of interesting. 
but I don't know, just the more I thought about it, I was like, I don't know how you would implement that where it wouldn't be a shit show. Imagine Black Friday online. <laughs> Is it going to be virtual uh, trampling? <laughs> yeah, your avatar just gets trampled. People people see us go surfing on the shelves to get to the products. I, I just, I don't see that going, like, well. I, I don't know. It just reminds me of, like, just imagine, like, Modern Warfare lobby audio while you're trying to grab like a crock pot for ten dollars. Oh, like I would invest I in it if that's the case. Um, <laughs> those Xbox 360 uh, live chats, wild. Modern Warfare Two, the OG were. Modern Warfare Two, not this new one. No, 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 no. Uh, that, one. Well, let me tell you, toughen my skin up for sure. <laughs> I mean, call I, disparaging terms and all. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, it was it was very interesting and entertaining. But I mean, I'm just saying, like, I don't see that jiving with with every demographic and every like generation just going online shopping. I I cannot imagine that it would be worth seven trillion dollars in 20 years based solely on that. If it, I mean, if they spec into, you know, I mean, they already sell data for, you know, they're already a billion dollar company. But I mean, if they use all the data that they gather to sell stuff, maybe then it would be worth seven trillion. But just based off of off of like user use, I I don't see that happening. Um, yeah, I don't know about the whole metaverse, but like like I said, I think VR and AR will have a a pretty big impact in the future. Like I know um, some various companies are exploring AR for their technicians to wear, and it'll allow professionals to um, kind of like chime in like have like a virtual meeting and they can be like hey that bolt right there needs to be tightened to this spec or this is the problem with this you know um engine or whatever or like i said even potentially i could see another use case being like virtual travel to areas that are either hard to reach or stuff that they're trying to control the impact because you know like all these tourism things as more and more people go there there's going to be more trash more litter and potential destruction of the historic thing like, I know for a while, Stonehenge had a problem where people were, like, chiseling little pieces of the rocks off <laughs> yes. because it said it was to have, like, protective yeah. effects and all this, you know, stuff. So I could see potentially if, a, like, a, some kind of natural wonder is in a very fragile state that you could do mm-hmm. some kind of virtual travel or something like that. Um, yeah, again. Or in it, the medical field, think about it. Like, you have a doctor who was, like, a skilled surgeon, but he just doesn't know some of the aspects or, or say it's a very tricky surgery, he can have other other professionals chime in and kind of guide through the process to make sure everything goes as smooth as possible. Yeah, no, that's very true. And and again, I, I do think I, I do agree with you that it will it will have an impact in the future. I just don't think it's the impact that they're advertising. Um I mean yeah, I don't know about you, but I get tired of being in like some kind of virtual world. Like, oh, I agree. Like I I don't know, like people always, there's a stereotype of like touching grass and stuff like that. But I mean, it's, it's true. Like I, I can only spend so long <laughs> like in having a headset on or even like headphones. Um, yeah, just playing whatever. a video game on a normal screen. Exactly. Yeah. Like after a while, I mean, it does get tiring and you're like, all right, I gotta like, I gotta go do something else. I mean, I know there's people that, that don't feel that way. There's people that, you know, stay online for hours at a time and piss in Mountain Dew bottles, but um, I would say most people, <laughs> they do get tired of it after a while. Yeah, I just, I can't imagine having, like, going into AR for, you know, hours on end and just, I don't know. I, I just don't think it'll have the impact that, that they're thinking 
um, like Metaverse themselves, speaking on that, or like Zuckerberg or whatever. And the graphics would have to get way, way better if you're going to have people, you know, traveling places and stuff like that, in my opinion, anyways. Oh, for sure. Like it's like nice. I said, it's fun for gaming. Like, have you ever played Beat Saber? It's really cool. Oh, yeah. Know? Yeah. But I just know after a while, like, just the headset is kind of heavy on your head and yeah, um, yeah. things like that. So, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see where it goes. I, I am excited for the technology. I'm just a little... Oh, for sure. Um, a little skeptical of this whole, like, virtual world thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it'll take have... Off, but... I, I think it'll have a lot more... Like you were saying, I think it'll have a, a much more practical use than, like, an entertainment or niche use. I mean, right now, the metaverse is kind of niche, um, if you, you know, just looking at like user counts and stuff like that, there, there's a lot of people who have found a lot of value in the metaverse. Um, I think, uh, people make, people make games, I believe, uh, they're, uh, uh they did a documentary on it on, on uh, YouTube if you want to go watch it, but they did a, a really good, um, uh, documentary on the people of the metaverse and like what they find useful in and stuff. And some people have found really strong communities and stuff like that, that they, they couldn't find elsewhere in the metaverse but i just don't see it being like an everyday thing like you get home from work and you put on your you know your metaverse headset and go shopping i just don't see that as being a. I mean i wouldn't want to do that personally i mean i'd rather well, just... i've heard other use cases like there's a couple guys in my work that have um the oculus headsets yeah and they're talking about yeah it's cool for gaming but sometimes they'll just sit in a chair because because it is it takes up all your field of view yeah, you can watch a movie, and it's like having a hundred inch screen, hundred twenty inch screen in front of you. So it kind of gives like a simulated oh. uh, movie, like theater experience. So that I could definitely, I could see that being a huge thing, especially, especially with people in small apartments. You know, like say they have a, a studio apartment, and like you can only reasonably get like say a forty inch TV. Like yeah. it would be yeah. nice to have something a little bigger um, to you know just watch stuff on. Or like to I watch, said, I, like, if you could watch, like, the World Cup or whatever, you know what I'm saying? Oh, like yeah, a, that'd Something be you can't travel to or, like, it's, like, cost prohibitive. I mean, that would be, that would be huge. I would love to do that sort of thing. That would be great if you could virtually go see, like, sports around the world or something like that. Or any, 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 any sort of, uh... Hey, write that down, write that down. We got yeah, a copy yeah, yeah, mark yeah, yeah. that. Put that in the notes. Let's send that yeah. to Zuck. Hey, so, um, uh, Meta, you listening? It's going to cost us $20,000 for that idea. <laughs> yeah, I'm copywriting this idea. <laughs> intellectual property but yeah that, that that's a good one I, yeah i would love to see the um, other privacy concerns i have is a lot of these headsets especially like the the oculus they have cameras on the outside which is good because you can make like a virtual boundary in your house mm-hmm. that way when you're walking around uh, once you step outside the boundary the cameras will actually show you what's in the room that way you don't run into like a coffee table or something oh okay so i'd be curious if they use those cameras and if those cameras send anything back to the um, company because you mentioned i think the other the last time we did a podcast about was it pearson view um and how you took a test it scans the room yep yep um so you know there's just a bunch of little things that you know be it kids be it you know the privacy own home like I think there's all kinds of things that'll happen. And obviously, if you're in some kind of metaverse, they're going to collect all the metrics they can on you. Like, oh, yeah, oh he spent sure. this much time in a Yeezy store, you know? Like, yeah. Or something, or something, you know? I'm just pulling something out of my... Um, Buying some controversial shirts. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, they're, they're absolutely going to mine as much data off of people as possible. 
especially if if we go into like full body suits and stuff i mean they're gonna know your waist size they're gonna know how much you weigh they're gonna know you know probably your health at that well, point the sky's <laughs> the limit at these things you yeah know, if I mean, you do it's... have a virtual world are they gonna be virtual terrorists <laughs> i mean like is it gonna be like some minecraft griefing stuff where like you, <laughs> your store, you know like like the sky is the limit like we can speculate all day i, I do think there are going to be some serious concerns and, yeah you know, hopefully it gets addressed um well but like you know hypothetically what if isis puts on these vr headsets and they're like all right we're going to simulate you know 9-11 or something oh like, no <laughs> <laughs> you, you know like this the sky is the limit like you, you can go one way and say it's super beneficial but like as we've talked about before technology is just a key but it oh, can yeah. open multiple doors you yeah. know you know for instance nuclear energy it cre- creates a relatively um, low impact you know energy source or yeah. it can make a bomb like yeah. So, you know, there's all kinds of things. Be interesting oh, yeah. to mean, see where this goes. People will um, always use stuff for bad. I mean, it's just it's just the nature of people. There will always be someone who uses anything no matter how Yeah, what if there's an Epstein or... Island in the metaverse? <laughs> <laughs> like I'm just, you know, like <laughs> like I said the sky is the limit, good or bad. Like Yeah, I mean, they could create a reality where he didn't kill himself. <laughs> <laughs> bro we're gonna get canceled by the clintons bro. <laughs> yes i i do not want to unalive myself if anything happens to me <laughs> you guys heard it here first <laughs> oh man speaking of epstein no i'm just playing them. <laughs> i was gonna say whoa why are you gonna tie this into <laughs> We should probably wrap this up, man. Yeah, yeah. Let's uh, yeah, let's stop this before we get. Ourselves Maybe we'll have a trouble. you know after dark podcast where we kind of delve into a little bit more of this crazy talk. Do we? Well, we've talked about it. <laughs> I mean, do we want to delve let, a little bit more into this? <laughs> let us know if you're interested in you know the uncensored uh, version of this podcast. Yeah, if put it in the comments down below. If one person says yes, I will listen. We'll make it. Yeah, join our Patreon for the uh, full uncut. Well, like <laughs> the uncircumcised version what was that um, south park movie it's like bigger uncut raw or whatever i forget you know yeah, yeah that sounds about right with south park yeah <laughs> uh but no we don't have a patreon we don't we don't get any money from this yeah we probably won't use patreon there's a lot of controversy around them yeah i i don't know i don't like it's that. bigger longer uncut that's what the south park movie is called oh yeah okay yeah, yeah, yeah that sounds about right yeah i don't i don't think i would ever use well, I don't, I don't want to say ever, but I don't really like using, like, Patreon stuff. Well, you know, and I can make another topic real quick. Um, just real real short, there are some political commentators who um, use Patreon, and uh, Patreon didn't agree with their views, and it wasn't even something that was posted on their platform. They said, we will look at all platforms you're on, mm-hmm. and if we don't like what you're saying, we'll cut you from our platform. Oh. And it was just, uh, Patreon's just been really sketchy. With some of their stuff that they do allow, yeah. but other stuff they don't allow. So yeah. if you like it, good for you. But I mean, like I said in the past, private companies can do whatever they want. You know, it. I can't. I can't say what they're doing is is wrong, um, because they're a private company and they can do whatever they want. But people can speak with their money for one, and two with their time, um, which equals data that companies collect and such and stuff like that. So I mean, you definitely can voice your opinion through that if you don't like something if you don't like a company then let it die 
Um, well, what this reminds me of is, what was it? It was around 2012, the whole net neutrality thing because oh, of, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. was it SOPA and PIPA or something? Yeah, um, yeah. It just reminds me of that and that while it's not a government, it's more private companies, you know, does this does this tie in? You know, is it a utility? Is is it like the digital town hall? You know, stuff like that. I, I don't know. I, I think there should be areas that are considered something like that, like like a the internet's town hall or whatever. Several websites have and social media have claimed to be that uh, that entity. Um, and maybe it'll be the metaverse. <laughs> <laughs> you know, a little full circle, like, you know. Um. I mean, maybe, but I, I don't know. I, private companies can do whatever they want, in my opinion. I think they can do whatever they want. I think that people should stop trying to call out companies, in my opinion, and be like, oh, what you're doing is wrong, and just don't use it. Well, I Com- think it should still be talked about, because if, if it's not talked about, no one will know. But, well, sure, sure. It can be, um, it can be discussed. But, but people, people saying, you know, like, if they are disgusted, they should, like you said, speak with their money, speak with their time and go to a different platform. Like, yeah, I, I just think that it's much more impactful, I guess. I, I'm not going to say you're wrong if you say if you speak out against a company and are like, oh, I think what you're doing is immoral or unethical or blah, blah, blah. Obviously, it should be talked about because that's how, you know, that's how legislation gets made and stuff like that. Because um, people report on it and then, you know, makes the company look bad and then makes the government look bad and then they have to make a law. So that, well, that it doesn't way, always have to be legislation. It can just be a boycott. You know, we've seen those be successful in the past. Um, well, yeah. Well, again, that's people, speaking with your time and money. Yeah. If enough people speak about it and actually take action. Yeah. Like there's, you know, say if you don't like what's going on with Twitter, right? There's yeah. plenty of, you know, alternatives like Mastodon yeah. or um, a few others that I'm not going to mention because I'll probably get canceled. But, <laughs> you know. Um, <laughs> I don't think we're big enough. But Mastodon's like a good example, just because it, you know it's free, open source, it's federated. Yeah. Um, you know, like, or you know, a lot of the other alternatives to various social media websites, be it like uh, what's it, Dispora? Yeah. Diaspora. Yeah. I forget what however you pronounce it. it. Yeah. Friendica. You know, there's a bunch of bunch of alternatives out there yeah. that if people really do not like what's happening, just move. Which, by the way, we still gotta make a video on all the uh, alternative stuff. I thought you were doing that. I thought you were doing that. Hey, we'll figure it out, guys. Uh, stay tuned. <laughs> but no, that that is a that is a good point. I, I think you 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 hit the nail on the head exactly. I think the problem I have is when people bash companies and speak out against them, but there is no action behind it. If you if you really don't like a company, um, then speak on it. You know, speak out against it as much as you want, but then follow through with some sort of action and stop using it. It seems like that would be the most logical route if you actually want to get your point across, because otherwise you're just kind of talking to talk. I don't know. Yeah, there's a lot of squeaky happen. wheels, but as we've seen, these companies don't want to give us any grease. You know, no, they they don't care at the end of the day. If they're still making money, then why would they care what anyone has to say? Yeah, they'll be like, oh, a few people are upset, but we have Mr. Beast over here pulling in tons of money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, how many times have people spoken out against YouTube? Like, oh. I since mean, like ever hundreds, bottom, yeah, probably hundreds of thousands. This, this has been going on for over a decade, you know. And what have they exactly changed to make it better for content creators and or the audience? Pretty much nothing that wasn't advantageous to them. <laughs> so like, they don't. They literally do not care unless it hurts their wallet or their metrics. Otherwise, it can all. It's all just white noise. I don't know. It might be. Maybe that's a depressing type of view, but that's how I see it. 
Yeah, if everyone jumped off of WhatsApp and used Signal, WhatsApp would have to change. Correct. Yeah. You know, or they just become irrelevant. Like. Yeah, and if if everyone stopped using it for you know for a good reason and they become irrelevant, then no, no harm, no foul. There is always an alternative to anything on the internet. And if there Always isn't, someone will create it. You know, there's a lot of smart people out there. And that. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you create a vacuum, like if YouTube died tomorrow, someone is going to fill that vacuum. There, Like there will never be, there. there's never a vacuum in, in the internet, like in the cybersphere. There just isn't. Anytime any big company has gone down, someone has always filled that role and either made it better or has tanked themselves and then someone else took over. Yeah. Time is a flat circle as far as the internet's concerned. Like it someone will always fill the role of anything that fails. So if you don't like something, let it fail. And then yeah. something better will come along, hopefully. Rip Metacafe. <laughs> <laughs> Rip MySpace. But anyway. Rip Vine. It's, oh, for real. <laughs> Elon Musk should buy Vine next. Mm-hmm. Anyways, um, it would have been kind of a depressing episode. But Hey, I'm sorry we <laughs> rambled on so much. You know. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Well, if you've made it this far, thank you for listening. And if you agreed with us, thanks. If you didn't, let us let us know. We'll uh, we'll see we'll see you guys later. Yeah, guys. Make sure to like, comment, subscribe. Thanks to our uh, sponsor of this episode, Cafe Bustella. Really good Cuban coffee, espresso ground coffee. I'm telling you, the Cubans know what they're doing. Speak yep. out. You know, coffees and yeah. missiles. They got it. They got it on lock. <laughs> Hey, they got rid of those, man. You know, oh, did the whole. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah, the Cuban Missile Crisis. You don't remember? Man, I come off for a while. Anyway, all right. Well, uh, check we'll... us out on Daily Motion, Vimeo, Odyssey. Nope. Nope. <laughs> Odyssey, yes, we are on Odyssey. <laughs> Actually, I do think we have a Daily Motion account. Oh, really? I got. Yeah, I gotta see. I think I have one. Oh, the more you know. I don't, I don't, I'll look it up. Anyways, all right. We'll see you later. Bye.